Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, standing six foot two, 303 pounds for now. In 2021, that will be going down ideally. Johnny G, the number one fuck boy. All you gotta do is trust me. Ruining all my neighbors working from home, including the guy who seems to be a long, a work from home health professional, very much dealing with COVID stuff. Sorry, neighbor. I'm down here screaming about bench press, weed, and Conan the Barbarian. In the meantime, joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, I met her over a decade ago when we were randomly cast in some of uh, a friend's web series. But now I've been following her for a decade. Now you will be doing the same. It's the swole woman herself from Vice, Casey Johnston. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I just have a cat climbing all over me since yes. we're all Cats working love from ball. home. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. My mm-hmm. wife's walking the dog right now, so I feel fully... Uh, you know. Oh, you're lucky. I mean, at least he's not meowing at me. That's that's positive. Oh boy, he's gonna chew on my cardboard. Okay. <laughs> oh boy, he's chewing through the wires. Sorry. Okay, I'm out. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Casey, I said it in the intro, but I thought because I was trying to remember how we ever even connected in the first place online. We have like one of those sort of like adult internet friendships where it's like we met once at a thing. And we've quote unquote kept in touch, which is very passive in that you just follow each other and comment every yes. once in a while. But uh, we met on Jeff Rubin's bleep bloop. Jeff Wait. Rubin's bleep bloop. We were talking about Game of Thrones, which was new at the time. Was that truly a decade ago? If, if not, it was like nine years. It was a it long was, time it ago. Pre- it predates the series. Uh, of uh, Game of Thrones. Really? Yes. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of like theory crafting about what it was going to be like. I've never read the books and still haven't, but it was like, they cast this person. What do you think about that? Yeah, and at the time yes. I had just read the first book due to my like, uh, you know, 
hearing that it was going to be an HBO series and being a fantasy guy to begin with, I read, and that's the distinct, Dan Meth was there, cartoonist Dan Meth, uh, Jeff Rubin, uh, host of Bleep Bloop and uh, the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show, and then me and you, and I, and we didn't know each other at the time, and then after that, my my interests are pretty lined up with yours in that they've been tech and or fitness for as long as I've been following <laughs> two of the most yes. integral parts of my life. Uh, one go. I play yeah. with a little more than the others, to be honest. Yeah, these days. that was uh, that was pre me lifting, too, because I didn't start lifting really until 2014. So this was like a few years before I even really discovered it and got attached. Damn. Yeah, well, that's part of the fun, too, is that I've like have been following along for so long you've that, seen the whole trajectory at this point yeah and then when you fucking posted a video of a fucking power rack in uh in your yard i i i <laughs> fell with such jealousy it broke my fucking heart i've done barbell squats once since like march 13th at a friend's platform oh. in his yard uh and oh, it's wow i mean i'm so tired of air squats and goblet squats uh i need I want to get body weight on the back, but uh, yes, that brings us to now. It's Motivation Month here on High and Mighty, which already the most self-serving podcast on the internet. I'm adding to it, F- having friends and uh, you know, relatively you know, bro science experts come on and help me get motivated. Uh, there you or, go. And hopefully, maybe the listeners can get motivated for it, or I can throw some your <laughs> way too. We figure it out. It's. We're recording this on Monday, January 4th, which I believe is the real International Chest and Tries Day. This is where everyone kicks off day <laughs> one of their program. Is that the day one in the bro split? I'm actually, I'm a little rusty on that, in the bro on that split, program. In the bro split, the OG was you put Chest and Tries on Monday because you were just hoping to bench with as much rest as possible. But as you get a little older, you're like, if your legs are in full rotation, you should probably throw those on a Monday so that you're going in. And that's assuming, like most bro splits, Friday, sat- Saturdays are for the boys. You know, you're not w- working right, out. Right, right, right. Get legs in first <laughs> so you don't skip them later in the week. Yeah. That's important. Eat your vegetables first. Get all the homework <laughs> done on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what was I just screaming about bro split? Oh, yeah. So it's Monday, January 4th. Everyone's probably kicking off their new programs today. Everyone's probably, everyone's probably like, I spent the weekend crafting. I'm a big fan of training programs i love looking at them analyze them i'm it's definitely a form of procrastination because it allows me to not exercise but plan plan exercising sort of like i have to watch this show so i could write the script and then it's like i have to watch 11 shows so i could write the script (laughs) (laughs) anything that's not real work i'll find a way to inject ak hosting a podcast about fitness rather than just exercising there you go but uh Let's get into it. What got you into lifting weights specifically as a form of fitness? Right. So I, I mean, I was familiar with lifting. It was always something that like my brother, I have two brothers. My brother's really into lifting weights and I had boyfriends who would try and be, they'd be like, you should try it. It's like, it's, it's great. And I was like, "Mm, it's not for me. Um, I, I was a runner for like, I mean, I hated running when I was younger I became a runner in college because I was like, I need to do some sort of exercise. I want to like lose weight. And so I got really into running and I ended up running several half marathons um, and I was able to get faster. And like I got to a point where I even kind of liked it, but I never got to a point where I felt like it was a sort of set it and forget it relationship with working out. Like I still just like I thought about food constantly, like wanting to eat stuff. I never felt like I was working out enough. And I felt like I was just sort of staying in the same 
uncomfortable place, even though I was like getting faster and running farther. And I was like, I don't want to, I have no interest in like running a marathon. And I was also like, where does this end? Like, I'm just going to keep doing more and never get to a place where I feel sort of more comfortable with what I'm doing and what I'm eating. And not that like the the problem ended up not being what I thought it was. But anyway, I got disillusioned with running I started getting some small injuries because I was not – just because from running so much and I was like, I don't want to I, – I don't care enough about this to like fix this stuff. I want to just do something else. Yeah, and repetitive um, use of like if you just do the same of anything, whether it's running, walking, swimming, right. rowing. Whatever, if your cardio is always the same or any series of monotonous movements, your body is like – you adapt to it well enough, but at the same time, it's like you can't just run yourself into a ripped body, like uh, or into right, right. or into health and fitness in general, or into having a a positive relationship with running. You can run all you want and still never come around to liking it. Uh, some people, right. if that just wasn't your dynamic to begin with, or not what, because I I also recently, like five years ago, did a, uh, five years ago two years ago did two half marathons along the same lines of like, mm-hmm. I should just try I should be able to just run. Like that's something I, I always played ball sports. And then it's like you said, like doing a half marathon, you're like, well, what's next? A full marathon. The training for that is just like so gross and brutal and uh, contrapositive to what I want to be doing. Like contradictory yes. contrapositive. I've never even said that. <laughs> uh, contradictory to what I want to like, you know, I want to look like uh Hulk, not, uh, a runner. So I'm like, I guess training for a marathon. But there was one moment in the marathon training where one day I had a beer after a gig with a friend and came home and I'm like, I can't believe I'm not going to run because I had one beer. And I went, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just run two miles. I won't do my full thing. I won't pre-plan the route. I won't have times I need. And I just jogged two miles like on a beer with like kind of light stretching. And that was when I realized I'm like, Oh, this is the peak level of running I want. I want to right. be casually av- able to run a mile or two, which I now no longer yes. am. I've completely lost that. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, I got to run nine miles on Sunday for my to get my miles in. And then eventually, you're just like, the ability to just jog a mile or to just like, that's what I need more than anything else. And after that, for me, it's all law of diminishing returns, where it's like, yes, totally. And that shit falls off fast, too. That's the other stressful part to me. Yeah, I can still run. Like, I can get get through three miles, not with any speed. And I could probably go longer, but I'm like, I don't, you know, running five miles is not six (laughs) miles, ten miles. I'm like, and that gets to, like, a logistical point, too, where you need to add in, like, a refueling strategy. You need to have gels and, like, Gatorades, (laughs) like, when when you're going past, like, I, I remember the first time I ever ran nine miles, I nearly passed out in a Whole Foods because I just like I, all I had was water and I was like completely depleted. But I didn't realize that it's like a, it becomes a athletic challenge you have to prepare for. And that like I, I enjoyed doing that for the time that I did it, but I didn't want to like keep doing that for my whole life. Oh, running training um, where you have to like brick out four hours on a Saturday. <laughs> and when you're like, it's hot out. So I need like an hour to like eat breakfast, shit coffee, stretch, all that. Then I need three and a half hours available to do my eight miles that are at, I'm going to demonstrate the pace for you, but this was me <laughs> half marathon training. It was like, 
<laughs> listening to an audio book, metronomically taking like I'm six two, three hundred pounds. I was taking like centimeter steps eventually. Like by that time, I got to it. But you'd and then you'd come home and you'd be like, I can't move for an hour and a half either. I have to stretch. I have to bring right. myself to shower and eat. And then you're like, now I'm looking at like a six hour day where I ran eight miles on it and. I'm in pain and and cranky for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. this isn't the work. Maybe this isn't yeah, the exercise. That was a big part of it too is that like the the messaging around cardio generally was like kind of the more cardio you can do and the less you can eat is like great, like good work. That's like the right way. Yeah, and that and that also like I'd almost kind of be curious to be like, what would it be like to run now, like knowing what I know about right. like fueling a workout. Um, and now that I've regained some muscle mass, it could be like completely different for if like with like an actual athletic approach as opposed to like the dieting approach that's yeah. often that often frames it up. And I yeah, was going to go mention, back to strength. Oh, sorry. No, I was saying, not to mention your body is probably buttressed way more for uh, p- protecting itself on the run now that you've uh, right. went back and did like G- GPP muscle building and stuff like that. Right. Totally. So yeah. I and I was going to add too that like pursuant to what you were saying about doing only one thing it's like lots of uh, probably every resource i looked at was like well when you're doing like this kind of intensive running you should also be working in strength training two days a week and i was like i don't want to do already more more than this and i don't like i I don't want to do both like this is it's when we get to this level i'm like i'm kind of out on the on the like cross the amount of cross training apparently that you have to do right you're like i'm trying to get better at running doing an hour elliptical on Wednesdays is not going to like, it's not enjoyable to me at all. It's like Mm -hmm. I I was doing swimming as cross training and then trying to lift one or two days a week. But my lifting all comes, my background started with just like high school meathead shit, football all the way through (laughs) college sports to CrossFit to powerlifting to all the way back to kind of doing my own stuff. So like doing a set of squats and some curls. It never felt right in addition to the running track. I always felt like I'm like, I should be running two days a week and lifting five is like always how I kept trying to, I was like, that's better for me. That's more. Yes. And, yes. And, and maybe it's just, I like it more, which doesn't necessarily mean it's better for me, but I definitely enjoy that, that flip more. Yes. Same. So, okay. Where are we in this timeline? So I was like done with running and, I saw a post on Reddit from, I think I always had like a internalized fear about bulkiness, which I recognize is extremely problematic. And like, there's lots of good discussions about it happening more, more and more, especially now, like people are saying, I wish we could talk about strength training and not have this sort of fear, but I'm like, it's there for a lot of women. It's, uh, like it would be great to like unpack it and cure everyone of that of that mindset and i i work towards that every day but like i i it was definitely part of my history as shameful as that is and so one one day on reddit i saw a post from some woman that was like went went really viral i think in those days um but it was just a woman saying like here's my 6 month like strength training progress and she talked about her program, which was like three days. It was basically like starting strength, if you're if you're familiar with that. Like three days a week, you do like three movements, like three sets the big of five four reps. Or the big three or whatever, depending. Yeah. yeah. And then like you're done. She was like, it takes me like 30 minutes. Um, and I eat, I'm like eating so much more. And then the photos of her were like she had she looked like basically 
the same. She was a little bit smaller and like you could see a little bit more muscle. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that it's not like it just makes you bigger. I didn't I don't I don't think I understood it as just like sort of a version of exercise you could do, especially just in and of itself. Like I'd heard obviously about it as like a supplement to running or there's guys who do it to be big. There was no, to me, no place for it as just like, this is an exercise program. Right. So the word toning gets thrown around a lot there where you're like, sorry, I stepped on mm -hmm, you, but like the toning mm -hmm. of like, like, I grab fives and I do, and I do some curls (laughs) and some presses with my fives. And like, I don't want to do more than that because I don't want to bulk. Yeah. Yes. I'd heard, I'd seen and heard of the like lifting of the five little five pound weights and that had never like either interested me very much. It wasn't enjoyable. Um, it didn't seem to do anything for me either in like making me feel any different or look any different. Um, so I was like, this is, you know, this is nothing. It's weird. It's like, you could probably piece all these things together and be like, it's, it's clear that like your various views of things, like don't track with each other. Like you both want lifting to do nothing and also do something. I don't know, but anyway, I saw this post and I was like, I'm interested in this version of lifting. That's like just exercise, especially when I was running for like, I don't know, like 20 or 25 miles a week. And like, you know, that's like six hours of time. (laughs) And I was like, I love this. The idea of working out for an hour and a half a week. I'm eat like, and I was eating, you know, like 1500 calories a day which is nothing and i later learned is like barely enough to sustain somebody yeah. of my size like like, if off i was like, catatonic yeah that would like take so, you off a survival reality show they'd be like yes. she's only getting 1500 <laughs> calories a day it's like send her home and then we're right. like trying to do that for aesthetic purposes yeah bad yes, news. exactly so i did i i sort of like looked into this further i like ran my own calorie numbers and it was like i mean this is again like as as you were saying earlier it's not like medical guidance this is my personal sort of journey i'm a woman of a certain age and size and it's appropriate for me and not everybody else but i did the numbers and it was like you should be eating like 2200 2300 calories a day and i was like are you fucking kidding me like i can eat fully 50% more than I am right now. And I'm oh. going to not, I mean, when, like I, this, you know, this was a few years ago and I think things are changing rapidly, but I think there's still lots of women who are like really so afraid of gaining weight. They'll diet on like, you know, nothing though. Like, I mean, I had definitely disordered eating behaviors. I've never been like diagnosed with an eating disorder, but like the patterns were there. And like, I had an extreme fear of, of gaining weight. So the idea that I that it was possible to eat a lot more than I was eating and it wouldn't just result in like flat weight gain was uh, shocking to me. Um, but I think there's also relationships too, and I'm sure you know this that it's like you know muscle weighs more than fat, so like you're maybe gonna weigh more, um, but it's not gonna change your body size significantly. So I was just right. like, you're telling me I can like kind of be the same, but eat a lot more and exercise a lot less. And <laughs> yeah. it's all, it's all just going to work. Like that's, that's shocking to me. And um, l- let's, let's take a pause here for one second to, in case listeners are wondering why this is the case, there's something, and it's kind of widely known in like the meathead circuits and stuff like that. But the more lean muscle mass your body is carrying the higher your BMR is, the higher your basic metabolic rate. We all burn calories sort of passively throughout the day from just sitting, standing, 
cats on our laps moving that just breathing <laughs> processing food all that stuff is caloric expenditure but if you have more lean muscle mass you uh burn more calories naturally and that's why body like a sort of anecdotal like version of this is like that's why bodybuilders can walk around at like 325 off season and then just do fasted cardio for six weeks and become 285 and shredded and it's because their base they're carrying 110 pounds of lean muscle mass which just has their thermogenics their thermogenic right. weight through the roof so you put on right. a couple of pounds of muscle the scale might go up a little but you'll you'll feel that muscle get lost from other places and stuff i mean you'll you'll see the weight get lost from other places and that's right. why the uh, CrossFit gym I used to train at, shout out CrossFit South Brooklyn in New York, my favorite gym I've ever been a member of. They used to say, and like most CrossFit and even Greg Glassman at Starting Strength, it's look, feel, perform, right? It's not like, you can't look at that number. You can like say like, I feel a little better. These jeans are less uncomfortable to sit in. And I squatted 205 yesterday and I squatted 207.5 today or whatever. And it's like, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. progress. And like you were right. talking about with like losing weight. If you're running to lose weight and then you are, then you're like, oh, well, I'm e I can't eat because my running and my only goal is to lose weight. But if you're running right. to get faster and to get better at running, you're less concerned with like your your eating like in that way and your nutrition in that way, and I think that's the same thing with working lifting weights. I almost want to say weightlifting, but we know that's an Olympic sport and something <laughs> different than lifting weights. Uh, but yes. like uh, with lifting weights, you're, you're like if you're just trying to lose weight, it's not going to activate the way. But with lifting weights, you're like my goal is to get stronger in the overhead press and de and deltoid development. When you when your goals are in in those worlds, that's what you can hit, and then passively eventually you know the weight burns itself off down the line right yeah. yeah i mean i was really i it's not like i was already pretty small when i started doing this so i wasn't really interested in like losing a lot more weight but the uh, the idea of exercise that's centered around like like i had been running like trying to get a little faster trying to go a little farther but it was all mixed up with like i'm trying to like stay the same weight i'm trying to like eat less and like use losers a few more pounds. And this was all based around like progress. Like you train and then you eat to fuel your training and you're trying to get better at something. And then that's going to like pay off in your normal life. Like you'll feel stronger and just the way you feel in your body is different. And I didn't have like a firsthand knowledge of that, but I was like into the idea of it. Um, so I, tried it. I like got the starting strength book and I read it. And that was the first time that it clicked for me that like, I wish, like, I wish there were a book that were entirely about this, but it's like, there were parts of starting strength and like Mark Ripito, I think is like a problematic figure now. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think I would necessarily recommend that book to people now because it has some flaws and most people like rework things about it into like better programs, but it was like a fine place to start. But the basic principles had... set up in starting strength are progressive overload and big compound movements, which I think are the right. two best takeaways from that for, yes, it, for the layman in this case. Yeah. It talked about working out and training in a way that's like, if you ever went into a gym, like a planet fitness, you would understand strength training is like, okay, I need to, 
do, I need to like do specifically my tricep. So I'm going to get on the tricep, but like, I want to work on my arm. So I'm going to get on the tricep machine and do three sets of 20. I'm going to get on the like curl machine and get three sets of 20. I'm going to do like the, um, like, is it like an overhead press kind of yeah, machine and the do hammer three strength, sets of 20? The, the hybrid, hammer strength and machines and all that shit. It was yeah. like you, you work out each muscle individually. Cause that's like what all the machines are telling you to do. This book was like, actually your muscles are like groups that are designed to work together. It's like, I sort of, I sort of knew this like abstractly, but it was like, your muscles are groups. They're designed to work together. So the optimal way to train them is in movements that use them together and not like these individual machines. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense and sounds so much faster than it's doing like three sets of 20 for each individual muscle. It's funny you say that because that is something that is so simple when you hear it, when you're like, oh, why work on ex just extending your leg or just curling your leg when you can work on dropping from uh, standing and squat? Mm -hmm. And then you start thinking about it, you're like, oh yeah, what's the end goal here? If you want just your quads to look more defined, then maybe you kick the fuck out of a leg extension machine for weeks. <laughs> but if you're like trying to put on muscle and gain strength and get stronger and be a more functioning adult, that... Functional fitness gets thrown around. A lot of people think it means like hammers and chains and shit, but it's right. more about like you're trying to get stronger, sturdier, more mobile so that you can function better so that you can carry your couch easier. You can do blank to, you know, whatever. Like, right. That's the shit that that's the shit that I feel like it should be pulled from that world. You know, a lot of people hear functional fitness and they think like, got it, chalk. And I throw a fucking yeah, Atlas hitting stone, a ham hitting a tire with a, hammer like that, yeah, all, yeah. All that stuff <laughs> um but yeah i was like it just makes so much sense like you're moving your body the way that your body moves like in real life and i was just like why why is this the first time i'm hearing of this like no nobody talks about this right why it was it was just like uh and this this was like how my column was born that my mind was so blown by like the amount of calories that I could eat and the fact that your body like works in particular ways and you could like do it in a few movements that use multiple muscles at once instead of each individual one and I was just like going around to everybody like have you heard about this? and they were like they were like leave us alone but eventually someone was like you should uh write a this was uh Sylvia Killingsworth at the hairpin was like you should write an advice column about this. And I was like, I don't think anyone's going to read this, but like, sure. No. Like I'll talk about this all day to anyone who will listen. That's some shit. Like I've always been a meathead. Like I'm from Long Island. I played football. It's always been like, I joined, I begged my parents to join a gym when I was still in high school and they wouldn't let me until I graduated high school Aww. because they were worried I would do steroids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so like gyms have always been a part of my life, but it wasn't until like my mid to late 20s when I got really into CrossFit, specifically again, shout out uh, CrossFit South Brooklyn, because they're sort of great combination of being like Brooklyn woke hipsters, open minded people, but also sort of like fitness guru-y type heads. And they were open minded about a lot of stuff and just hearing more and more about all different angles. It's like all the different schools of fitness all have like simple things at the core that are like keep it basic you know like do mm -hmm. at progressive progressive overload being the one that hit me the best the like the most when i was like in, it's even in starting strength he's like if i tell you you can add five pounds a week to your squat uh but never try to go up more than five pounds you do know you add 250 pounds in one year <laughs> 
And you're like, oh my God, right. If you start at zero and the next week uh, squat five pounds for uh, three sets of five and then 10 pounds, you are at 200. Like it, it adds, uh, uh, you're not actually at that, but it adds up. It adds up rapidly. And right. And you, when you read that and then CrossFit teaches you, well, what if you just put 200 pounds on the bar and try to get 10 squats instead of nine that you got last week? Or uh, do three sets, but with 90 seconds rest instead of two minutes. And you realize all these things you can titrate with just doing the same movements. And you're all of a sudden like, oh, fuck, there's a lot more going on than like eight to 12 reps of uh, buys, eight to 12 reps of tries, some shrugs, right. some abs, uh, 10 minutes right. of elliptical and head home, which was like the old meathead way. And learning all this new shit when all of a sudden you're like, also going from CrossFit to powerlifting uh, when they were like, CrossFit has not a lot of bench pressing in it. Powerlifting, it's one of the three events. So my coach was like, and we're going to be benching a lot more. And like 18-year-old gamers was like, I'm back! And just being able to bench press again. And and the, and the sort of bench benching, lose, like having that run in my mind of like, it's the only lift to it doesn't really matter to it counts a little. <laughs> and that's all it's I a, needed. It's, it's part of this. It's like the tri, what, what's that? The triforce of, of lifting weights. It's, yeah. it's one of the three yeah it's one of the uh when like starting strength they refer to like the big three or you know three slash four because it's squat deadlift and then bench or overhead press like usually is mm -hmm. the two pressing mm -hmm. motions because you want to hit vertical planes and horizontal planes for your body same with pulls right um but we'll get into that <laughs> in 2025 <laughs> but um have you found like what can you talk a little bit for, and this is for every rookie, but maybe your perspective as a, a female is even more important. What was your first encounter when you're, when you're read all this stuff and you're like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to start. What is that first day for you? Do you go to a gym and squat? And I think a lot of people would have a hard time even taking that first step. So if you want to talk through a little right. bit about how it's really not that big of a deal once you do it and all that, let's. I, yes. I mean, this is something that I'm actively working on and like maybe going to create content around because I think it is a really big step to go from like, uh, like absolutely zero, like a lot of a lot, most, almost all lifting content is focused around um, guys who like, like kind of like have your background, like a passing, like a culture of lifting. Most guys have like benched at some point in their lives, whereas like I never had. Um, so it was a tough transition I would say just like it's kind of having to work yourself up because I was going to um the gym that was closest to me it was fortunately only a block away um Richie's gym in in Bushwick which was I had it's not a nice place but it was like $15 a month and it was like just had a fun culture of guys with like huge upper bodies and the tiniest little stick legs <laughs> and uh it was it, it so but it was intimidating it was like dirty and like everyone was really sweaty the equipment was just like everywhere all over the plates all over the floor um so i was very intimidated about going in there um fortunately i think it helped that i was working at home at the time so i was able to go in the middle of the day when no one was there um and just try and figure it out. I think it was obvious the first time, few times that I went that I was not experienced because people would come up to me and be like, do you want to want a few pointers? And I was like, no, or like, I think they would give you pointers anyway, regardless yeah. of what you said. I, rarely do they ask if you want pointers. <laughs> but they, 
there are like the, those gyms will have like personal trainers kind of like circling the floor trying to drum up business truly um, like sharks like truly yes. like sharks so in I, the pool <laughs> i had to you have to like kind of contend with that and it's intimidating but once you it's i i've compared it often in my columns to like you know, if you started a new school or a new job or like you move into a new neighborhood, like new things are always hard. And we need to like bring that same energy to the gym as we do to those things. Like it's not going to be, you know, you walk in and everybody knows your name necessarily and it's going to be uncomfortable, but like you'll figure out where the bathroom is. You'll like under understand like where people stand to do this versus that. And it just takes a little you just have to like familiarize. You need to give yourself some time to like learn the rhythms of the gym. And that's fine that it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And I think it's been overblown about the kind of people that are at these gyms. There are, of course, assholes at every there's assholes at Buddhist monasteries. I'm assuming there's assholes everywhere, no matter what you think of the culture. But at uh, at the gym, you I think less people are these major assholes. We think they are. And also these the major assholes that would maybe be scary or intimidating are so obvious. Like if you're new to a yes. gym, you'd go, that's probably a guy. And notice I'm not even <laughs> saying a person. I'm just gendering this person because the asshole's usually a dude. Um, just, you know, the guy who's a problem. Like you can just eyeball it and be like, you know what? Going to not engage with that person right there. And then, yes. But there are, I, I'm sympathetic because I, I want to help people as someone like at the gym that I was training at for a while, I'd see people rack up the power rack to bench press, but be going their legs the other way so that to re-rack would be to go forward and to unrack would be to pull it off, which oh is my like God. rotator cuff city. I saw a dude, this was in high school. <laughs> I saw a dude break his nose on 135, just take it off the rack and just hit himself in the face with it. None of the spotters were ready. So I'm like burned into my head oh for that. I'm watching God. this guy and I go, I just have, to, I, I, he goes to sit down. I put my hand on the weight and I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is like the rudest shit, but I think you got to flip it around because this might actually be dangerous. And yes, I was like, right. and I am fat. So I have an advantage <laughs> where people are not like, oh, this guy is a fucking expert. Like, I, and I, and I have like <laughs> Muppet face where I, people are like, this guy is friendly. So yeah. I was able to do that. But like like a woman was deadlifting and I, her back was like rounded and I was so worried about her. But I'm like social norms had scared me from going up to this woman and trying to like protect her and be like, I didn't want to be like, you're winking, you know, or whatever. I was just like, goodbye. Right, right. Long story short, I'm telling people, I think it's overblown how it's a lot of it is in our heads of what we think is going to happen to us or like we're going to be. I'm constantly in the way of someone by accident. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and that shit just everyone is understanding of that. I'm tr I guess I'm just trying to knock off reasons that people might be intimidated to try lifting weights totally. as a form of fitness. I think that you like if you peek into the weight room of any gym it's like you see the guys in there and they're all you you assume that they're all the same type of guy that you have in your head of like enormous asshole um who is going to be mad at you for like taking up space in that room or like not knowing right. what you're doing um and it was it's not that it couldn't be farther from the truth but it was like those people who are both interested in lifting and muscular who are assholes are uh 
scant minority. Most people are there. Like, I, I think I put this in a column once that it was like, when you're lifting, it's so tiring that like, you're not really paying attention to what other people are doing. If you're doing it right, like, I think I'm sure some people go to just like, cruise around and like judge everyone. But again, the minority, I think most people like there's, there's also a lot of standing around because you're resting between sets. So it seems like everyone's going to be looking at you because they're not like actively busy. But you're so like, like speaking from experience of lifting, I'm like, you know, I finish a set and I'm like, not where am I, but I'm pretty tired and I'm thinking about the next set and what I have to do after that. I'm not like waiting for somebody to come in so I can like hone in on them and be like, wow, who does this person think they are? Yeah, they're like, what is that woman, Casey? Uh, she's grilling me. And in your head, you're like, I got to take the two and a halfs on, put the fives on, <laughs> yes. grab the, I should get exactly. the grips, get the drop sets ready. Exactly. I should have the 25s ready. You know, and it's like, and they're like, she's staring at me. I guess my Smith machine work and is I'm terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dead, dead eyes. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking through you and just like trying to do plate math in my head. Um, so yeah, that, that ended up being almost a complete non-issue. I had like one incident where someone was filming me on like their phone. That was, that was one time. And I told the gym staff and they were like on the case. They were like, where is he? We got, we got the the security cameras right here. I'm going to find him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to ask about it. And then they like banned him from life for life from the gym. And I was like, I wouldn't have, like, I'm sure some gym staffs would just be like, what's the big deal? But, like, they were, even at this place, which was not, like, the most, I don't know, the fanciest. Modern, yeah, yeah. Most, yeah, it was, they were still, like, we want to, like, absolutely, it's, like, zero tolerance toward people doing stuff like that here. Um, so, yeah, I think that was also, ended up being a much bigger problem in my head than it was in real life. What else would put people off? Good morning, high and mighty listeners. It's your boy, the host, Johnny G, coming at you with an ad. Get pumped. This ad is for feels. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm recording this ad in the morning, so I'm going to take a drop of feels under my tongue right as I record this ad. Hear that little light clinking of the dropper? Mm Mm-hmm. One full dropper for the morning for me. Put it under the tongue, let it sit there for a little while, and then it naturally helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. It's CBD. If you're not sure what CBD is at this point, I can't imagine how you've avoided learning about it, but Feels does also offer a free CBD hotline to help you guide through your personal experience. Uh, You feel better naturally. There's no addiction. There's no high. There's no hangover. So uh, do yourself a favor and get premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep with feels. Um, I look, I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm taking it live as if like to prove uh, I use it. Yeah, I I love this stuff. Um, Two droppers in the evening or one uh, one in the morning with my coffee just to get it in the bones, just to feel good. Uh, feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. become a member today by going to feels.com slash mighty and you'll get 50% off your first order with sh- free shipping. That's right. It's a membership thing. So it'll just keep coming and take care of you a little monthly drop off. That's F E A L S.com slash mighty to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash mighty. 
mighty. Let me throw another one out there. Strength is what uh, strength sports are one of the only sports that in- takes your specific size into uh, consideration. When I'm running, no one ever says like, "Yeah, that was a shitty mile time," but the guy is 300 pounds, so <laughs> that's actually pretty good. But if you if you bench 45 pounds, the bar, but you're not a 300 pounder, you're lifting weights like right and the running thing was more of a joke people are proud of you when you complete anything but it's i think a lot of people are intimidated it's like i'm not strong i'm a weakling and it's like no you're not it's all fucking relative and even big burly people who are you know disproportionately weak for their size that shit that that just changes you're only competing against yourself you're only growing against yourself so if if you think 80 pounds is a terrible bench press, get your shit up to 88. That's a 10% improvement. <laughs> Still not a lot of weight to me, but if it's fucking, if you weigh 120 pounds, 88 pounds is like 75, 71% of your body weight. That's Yeah, heavy. that's huge. 71% of my body weight is 215 pounds. Like it's, you're doing the same amount of work as I am relatively. Like it's like, and I think a lot of people need to understand that, that it's like, it, it's okay to do, there's no ego. Your only right. thing you're trying to beat is yesterday's numbers. Like that's all you yes. want. And it's, it's slow like, improvement. You we don't I think before I got into this, I had a sort of conception of it. Like there's either people who are like born muscular and they're like already good at lifting. They go in and they can just like bench two hundred pounds. Or there's people like me who are just who are the runner the runners of the world, not the lifters. And now I have a much, I mean, this is kind of what I love about lifting too, is that like it has so many sort of like expansive lessons about how we like move through the world. One being progressive overload, the fact that, you know, you do a little bit today, a little bit more the next day. And it's like, it builds it. And if you like give yourself the support that you need to build that strength, it's going to happen. And I think the other thing is that you don't have to be good at it in order to do it in order to get something out of it. And I think that's another mistake that we make is like, you don't have to be naturally given to strength training in order to strength train and become stronger than you are and feel it and like benefit from it. As a matter of fact, if you're not like physically already good at it, like you're saying, you're not naturally good at it. You actually get more out of strength training. Right. Yeah. If your body, (laughs) the newer it is to your body too. Like if you're like, I don't know, I never did anything like that. The newer it is to you, the bigger your growth hormone response will be as like your, uh, the your progress will be as well, which is another kind of exciting layer to it of people who are like, I, cause I, I think if you're 40 and or 50 and have never lifted weights, uh, it, it's, it's never too late to start. You just have to start right. And it's not tie a weight with a kettlebell around and start hanging from a bar. It's none of the shit you see. Don't be overwhelmed by that. And you don't right. even need gyms are great too. Cause they are like lifting weights is like a destination thing in a way. Unfortunately, where the last nine months have sort of changed how that world plays out. But what a lot of us uh, gym people like is you go to the gym, you do your work, and you punch out and you leave. It's not like when you're a runner or you work out from home or you got to throw on the exercise tape. You're like, there seems there's something about like clocking in at the gym and changing into your fucking spandex and uh, drinking your fucking protein shaker on the drive home. And maybe that's me you know, nostalgia for me as much as anything else. But I like 
going to the gym and it's sort of like out fishing, baby. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, leave me alone. This is what I'm. I'm in here grinding, and right. I think I, that's part of the appeal. I feel like that people should hear if they want to get into lifting weights. It's like the idea of go a place that you go to to bang it out and then turn around. And come. Although with fucking two 20 pound dumbbells or two 10 pound dumbbells, you could really do a shit ton of strength training at home. I should just put that yeah. out there before I say, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, single, single leg, single arm stuff can be incredibly hard, but yeah, I think, um, I, one thing that I did like about two two things about this. One thing that I did like about strength training was the fact that like running has this like vaunted place in people's like cardio has this place in people's minds where they're like, it's my my time where I achieve my flow state and I work stuff out and it's time to think and like it's like taking a shower but better and like I'm just gonna like get all my stuff. But then I I after I started lifting, I was like that just became time for me, an overthinker, to like think some more. And I don't want to <laughs> think some more about the stuff I'm already thinking about. Lifting, on the other hand, was like, you know, I would go into the gym and come out and be like, wow, I didn't think about anything outside of the gym for like an hour. And I love that. That's like, I like, let me just do the plate math and like focus on what my body is doing. And it's like completely non-verbal and just like it's it's a nice break from like everything else Hell, um yeah but i was also gonna say about i i when i started i also found the idea that there was this like initial growth period or not like growth will sound s- scary maybe Success. but like initial yeah. period where you are i mean i see it referred to as like a re- recomposition period of six months or so where your body is kind of like exchanging fat for muscle and you get stronger really, really fast and you can add all of this weight like in a predictable way. And I was like, it sounds fake. Like I've never lifted more than like five pounds in my life. I find I find like a 20 pound dumbbell extremely heavy, but it's, it's, it's different in a lot of ways than like picking up a dumbbell, first of all. And second of all, it really, like, if I just gave it a chance and added those five pounds, I was able to do it. And it was like, to the point that I've had people write into me and I had this experience myself where I like did the workout and it was like, okay, I didn't sweat. I don't feel like I did very much. Like, does this even count as a workout? And then I went home and I ate my food and I was like, this seems like I'm a little... I'm a little scared right now, but I'm going to like, you know, go back the next time and and do it again. And then you sure enough could like add the five pounds or 10 pounds and just like, and it kept going. And like, eventually you do like get sore and go through all these different things, but it's, it does, it's a, it's why it's a fun period is because it's like relative, especially now, I feel like what the, where I'm at now with it, where it's like, I'm fighting for like just a few more pounds. It's like, you're not, you don't really have to like work very, very hard. Like that's another misconception I think that people have is they're like, strength training is intense exercise. I just want the medium exercise of like running. I could, it could not be more wrong. Like strength training, especially this intro period can be so easy and you get All so much out of it. Is yes. as intense as you want it to be. I mean, yes, like yes. you could play tennis pretty casually, but you could also play tennis singles against someone who's good, and it's all of a sudden it's intense. I think right. what you're saying with the weightlifting is, I, I, you're right. A lot of people picture immediately the, ah! you know, and yes. not the, and not the. You're kind of discussing 
early on in your three by fives or five by fives when your mm-hmm. the weight is lower than uh, like almost lower than you're going to be your working weight and you're like you just do one fifteen five sets of five times and you're like <laughs> weird but then later on you're sitting on the toilet and you're like my thighs hey, something <laughs> was working and you didn't feel yes. it at all yeah yes. I, Totally. And that moment, that moment you get like eight weeks into starting strength where you realize like, you're like, you know what? My shirt is tight in the upper <laughs> back and that's cool. <laughs> like, you, know, like yes. you feel it like where you're like, oh, wait, that's a weird. And then all of a sudden, I, and it's true. You see it with CrossFitters, powerlifters and other weightlifters. You start to stand a little different, you know, when you, you start to feel more upright because you're scapulas are not constantly fucking rounded, you know, and, yes. and your, your abs are open. And then also your kind of legs and, uh, posterior chain are always kind of sore. So you start, and then you're like, Oh fuck, I have like a jock posture now. And I feel, <laughs> and like, it's shit like that, that for me works. And I'm on a tail end of like a 12 week backslide of barely doing anything. Uh, so I'm looking forward to like that, that rookie regrowth period of like, I've backslid enough that, four weeks in, I should be getting back towards my numbers, which are again, completely skewed because pandemic is all I have is a kettlebell, some dumbbells and a mace bell. So I'm just doing weird ass shit in the yard. Right. I think strength training has none of the PR of people doing it. Just like in the way that people be like, they'll post about like, start like starting couch to 5k. Like did, did my first, like, you know, I went up from one and a half to two miles today and it's like, that's great. It's great that people are proud of that, but no one has that for lifting where they're like, my bench press went, you know, I bench pressed uh, two 15 pound dumbbells today and today I did two 20 pound dumbbells. And it's like, we have none of that sort of normalizing content around lifting. We only see the people who are like, you know, squatting 600 pounds for one rep and people are like, that's not for me. But it's like, doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be for you in order for you to like do the general category of strength training. It's almost like as if, if American gym class, phys ed class made us also squat, bench and deadlift in addition to running the mile. Cause we all have, we all know how hard it is to run a mile. Because mm-hmm. of uh, the president, not my president, <laughs> Jimmy Carter. I ain't fucking running. Uh, but we all know how hard a mile is. So when someone's like, I ran a mile, you're like, I could never. But mm-hmm. if we have no idea, if you have no idea how much you could bench, you don't know if someone's saying, I did 75 pounds for three sets of five is good, bad, high, low, great for them. And I think that's lost on a lot of people. Yes. Whereas we know running is difficult. And also, Running is like movie difficult where it's like, well, it's time to turn your life around, Casey John. And you're like, got it. <laughs> and it's like lacing up your shoes. Dun, 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 dun. You know, yes. it's not like that's how they show uh, fitness in mo- like I think it's pop culture wise why running is so up there in the couch to 5K. But I will say and this is anecdotally based on my Instagram discover page these last few years. But I do think due to the proliferation or the desire for big butts and and like the thick lifestyle i do see strength training and granted not the compound movement stuff that we're talking about a lot of like one leg right. deep squat stuff banded but the fact, yeah like 
But the fact that that's making a move is a is a fucking is a great sign too. Where it's not necessarily just about get lean running. This is like develop thighs and butts to crush watermelons and and men. You know. And now I'm speaking strictly for men. (laughs) I think this is the aforementioned personal thing. I was going to say. Eventually, I'll get to something super personal. (laughs) We got there. (laughs) I do think we are moving in a good direction in terms of like lifting becoming more normal or like us seeing that like it's not just for people who want to be super huge or super strong it's like you can do it and benefit from it even if you're a normal person who never lifted like like you're saying the i i'm furious now like i played sports in high school we never ever lifted weights not nothing like strength training we would do like sort of intensity interval circuits like uh, push-ups and crunches and like that was it and I'm like we would have been so much better if you just put us in the weight room and like had us actually bench and squat and deadlift and it's incredible to me we got absolutely none of that training I did hear from somebody's I think some someone who follows the Swollen Instagram account um, mentioned that their kids are doing squat bench deadlift type stuff in their gym class and I was like Oh my God, it's happening! Like this is the, this is the future that I wanted for my yeah, theoretical young self. Yeah, new cutting edge uh, technology, quote unquote, cutting edge technology hitting gyms because twenty five year olds are becoming gym teachers now, uh, who grew up <laughs> in CrossFit and know what metabolic conditioning is, or yeah, no, and I think another drawback for people is in their idea of like. Yeah, no, I tried lifting weights. I did some push-ups and I I had these two fives and I did curls and I didn't really feel any change after it. And it's like it, the hormonal reaction to a barbell squat and the inclusion of like uh, 100% of your lower body and like, you know, 80% of your upper body in a squat, There's, it's doing things that we can't even fully, we meaning me and you, I'm sure scientists know, but like- <laughs> <laughs> the structural work, this uh, the CNS, the central nervous system uh, firings that are going off there. There's so much more shit going on, and the fact that it is your bar, like you have to be mobile to do. You have to have good mobility to do these workouts, which is also a, a marker. You don't necessarily have to have good mobility to run. So it's like mm-hmm. the idea of like you're working on a bunch of different things at once when you're just trying to improve your squat, like right. I had a coach early on tell this woman, it was like, I can't squat that much because I can't. And she was mad, uh, older woman, like a, like a 60 year old woman. And she was very upset that like, I want to go up and wait because I can't do. And, and the coach was like, no, you're new. Like getting all the way ATG, ass to grass, getting all the way down (laughs) into below parallel. That is your goal. Like that is, yeah, that's progress. Doing that at 30 is better than doing half squats at 65. Like that's Mm -hmm. just like, and totally. Where working on form gets you fitter and better. Like it really activates certain parts of my personality that I didn't realize I had of like that honing in of like, that was really good. But I bet you if I push my feet out more, like I'm trying to rip a newspaper in half, I'll be able to hold the squat. Oh, I bet you if I go up, you know, a centimeter higher and rest in that divot in between my rhomboid and trapezius, the bar will sit back. And like, as you do those micro adjustments and just keep getting better and better, when I've entered in a couple of powerlifting meets. So by the time you get to the meet and like everything is like you're locked into, you know exactly how much weight you can do. And and like there's that energy that you feel where you're like, and there's a binary to it too of like, 
I bench pressed 200 pounds. It's either you did it or you didn't. It's not like mm-hmm. I did a 5K, but it was kind of like a shitty time or whatever. It's like, did it touch your chest? And did you lock it out? <laughs> you fucking benched. And I love those fucking like one or zero, baby. I did it. Like, I like yes. that about yes. weightlifting too. Of like, no, I put an F there. I failed. I did yep. not get it. Right. It's time. That's the new brass ring is the 300 pound uh, bench or whatever. I like. A struggle. I mean, this is like one of my main struggles is like, how do I explain this to people in a way that will make them understand it the way that they understand like running or yoga? I mean, I think a big problem is that like this, like, you know, when I was looking at these strength training programs for running, there was no progression. There was nothing about like getting stronger. It's like you need that feedback loop of like, you go you don't just like go in and do the same thing every day and i think a lot of people think that's what strength training is too is you just they're like it's boring you just like go and do your three sets of 20 and then that's that's just the rest of your life it's like no it's like there's all this like it's like i want to make it sound interesting but like not too complex and every i'm i'm in this like people who want to be sold on it have me in this sort of like neither nor situation where it's like either they either want it to be simpler or they want it to be more interesting and i'm like there's a a happy medium but like it's hard to explain it in a way that doesn't make it sound intimidating and all makes it sound compelling but it's like that's what's like what attaches people about running programs i think is that there's like you do this and then you do more and then you do a little bit more and you a little bit faster like a little bit less walking a little more running um so I want people to like accept that in their hearts about strength training, that it's like it does it's supposed to move forward in some way. It's not just like a bunch of movements. And even a lot of programs are written this way where they're just like, you know, leg leg press, quad extensions, like hamstring curls, three sets of eight for all of them. And it's like that doesn't explain what any of what lifting is supposed to do. But they all then, like that's the average program that people see, I yeah, feel like. And then the more complicated version of that program is like three sets of squats at 85%, 90%, and 95% of your one R. And then that gets a touch too overcomplicated for people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, or, or pyramidal sets of like six, eight, 10, 12, 10, eight, six. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you don't do this to people who are just trying to like, lift weights for the first time that's but yeah. that's like the average content that's out there for a lot of things yeah and it's funny that it is a sp- like going off what you're saying casey I, I i never thought about it like this but it really is a super simple entry but the buy like it can go it can get as complicated as you want it to and i feel like it's as complicated as you as complex as you the user of strength training want to make it it can yes. just be I show up, I do three sets of uh, bench at 135 for 10 pounds, three sets of squat, and I do the same weight every time. And you would benefit. You would objectively benefit from that. It would be better yes. for your body than nothing. But and when you, if you told someone right now, like you're saying these couch to 5K, if I said I can get you to run a 5K in 12 weeks, you'd be like, holy shit. But you and I, as two people have done it, you really know that just means like, all right, we run a half K in the first week, one K <laughs> in the second, and you just keep adding right. it until it's- right and. If you told someone I could add 50 pounds to your bench press in 12 weeks, they'd be like, what? And be like, yes. What is it now? <laughs> like, all right, let's do it. And it's so simple that you just have the answer is you have to keep doing it and keep slightly doing more each time. Right. And that's, I think also it's undoing is that 
the answer for weight for lifting weights and how to get stronger and how to get better all that is always just like patience <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like just yeah. keep consistency and patience and people are like not what i want to hear <laughs> like, <laughs> i think also people people get hung up too on like this is my if i you know if i'm a if I'm a lifter then i'm like a lifter forever and like that's my personality because so many of the visible people it's like their thing it's like maybe their profession it's like their entire and like even people you know sort of personally like guy who goes to the gym is like a type where it consumes their life Yes. And it's like, that doesn't have to be it either. You could do it for a few months and like get your get your easy gains and then keep going with it or like do something like I don't I don't care. Like (laughs) you're discussing periodization. You're discussing periodization, which I think is the one thing every professional athlete or high level competitive athlete is doing annual periodization. Mm-hmm. No, no f- regular fitness Joe or Jane or person is doing uh, periodization. It's like, oh, I've just been lifting weights for 18. 18- it's like people change their program. Every Any athlete has a preseason, postseason, peri-season training where GPP of building up basic. So if you're a runner and you maybe you take 12 weeks where you lift weights four days a week and run two days a week just to mix it up and just see what it does for you. Or if you're a swimmer, you know, titrate up the amount of weightlifting and down the amount of cardio outside of your season or vice versa or add in two days of lifting into your already crazy program. The thing is (laughs) we're at the beginning of the year. So everyone's going to be trying to, someone's like, I'm trying to do yoga twice a week, weightlifting four days a week, running twice and swimming twice. I will be (laughs) absolutely ripped. Like agreed. That's fucking impossible. <laughs> People who are paid athletes who have nothing to do but train would find right. that overwhelming. And Should you're a you father- be able to accomplish that? Yes, you yeah. will be ripped. As I a can. father of two and a marketing uh, executive, I think you're going to have a hard time <laughs> landing all this. Also, I know you drink a fifth of bourbon every weekend. Mm-hmm. Some things got... And, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about because we've mentioned it a couple of times, and I feel like part of the motivation is there for this too. Um, the, the expressions you can't outtrain a bad diet, abs are made in the kitchen, all that meathead uh, science shit. But a lot of it is not about caloric restriction, right? Like, and that's the exciting thing when you get into. It's not about burning calories and cons- I mean, boilerplate. It eventually is that, but when you're getting into when you talk nutrition with uh, lifting weights, it's a lot of like protein consumption, macros, your post, your PWL, your post-workout meal, like all that shit. And you're like, and there's a lot of fun in that that doesn't include like dieting, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So there's like an appeal. Yes. There's an appeal to that too, where if you're doing it right, you can't fully unleash. You can't go full 70s bodybuilder. Those guys were on gear, but those guys who would like. Yeah, we worked out for three and a half hours and we ate 12 steaks and 200 eggs at the local Venice Beach diner or whatever. I mean, it's so fun. Like, (laughs) you're not not trying to go nuts. Like, and I think a lot of people would be afraid to go nuts. But like, again, this like constructive relationship between the two things was so compelling to me. The idea that like, I'm trying to eat kind of as much as possible in order to support the training and like I'm, I'm focused on what I am eating and not what I'm not eating. And you get like, you, you are like ultimately consuming more calories. You have like a lot of room to move. Like it was surprising to me how much less I thought about food when I was allowed to have more food. Like that's not a counterintuitive, like not a difficult concept to like grasp, but 
Right, right, when, right. When I was when I was sort of being proactive about what I was eating, it took a lot of the like stigma around food away, and that was not something that I got from running. Save save for like when you're carbo loading for a race. The the fact that like you're trying to eat enough protein, you're trying to eat enough carbs because carbs are good for you when you're lifting and like you're trying to get enough fats. You're like trying to get enough of all of the right things rather than like cut down on everything all of the time. Hell yeah. Yeah. Or drinking a gallon of milk a day. To... <laughs> <laughs> of course, I did, that was me. Oh, I really? Did gra- I did grass fed and I've never had a problem gaining weight, but there was a, <laughs> uh, and I had totally forgotten I had done. I, I remember I did that training wise, but my friend uh, Jess McKenna, who is a comedian and a podcaster as well, she was in my level one class that I taught, and she reminded me of this a couple of years ago. So twelve years later, she's like, "I remember you were drinking like whole milk out of the carton <laughs> as you were teaching the class, and I asked you why, and you were like, it was, it was, and my response was, I have, I've been trying to lose weight for twenty years and it's never fucking worked. So it's about time I just decided to put more on. And she was like, and that's what you said to me. And I was like, I went through a lot of phases. I'm so sorry. But oh my god. There was a period of time where I was buying uh, half gallons of uh, grass fed milk and drinking a half gallon of whole milk every day. Post uh, three days a week, three depending on if I lifted, I would drink. Okay. I wouldn't drink okay. the gomad on the day off. Great. But holy shit was I my <laughs> I I was on a full on like I love that world like the 70s bodybuilder culture world of like work out hard and then you eat a hundred eggs. Right. Like I just love they shit like that. They didn't even know that much about nutrition. Like I've I've looked into this a bit and like read some books about it and it's like they were kind of just like on the eat a lot train and like the sort of whole foods train, which is really interesting. They were like no um I don't even know that they had like a ton of snack foods, but they were like, you know, you're eating like milk and bread and like steak and vegetables. Like Like, you're trying to have a balance. You're just trying to eat a lot of like different things. You're not you're not eating any one particular thing. They weren't even like I mean, I think now people are like cramming down protein that they were like, you need a balanced diet. They didn't even really have like nutrient timing. They were just like. And yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. like, let's go back to that. Like, bring back the 70, like the Arnold bodybuilders. I think they had their own tricks, obviously. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sort of like the, the phase of bodybuilding that where it's like people are eating like, you know, lean fish for several weeks leading up to a competition. I'm like, I, I could do without that. I Let's <laughs> let's have some let's have a balanced diet. I think it's it's nice and like nice, a nice look, too. You yeah. Know? And and we're talking about. When we mention bodybuilding, that's like its own sport that has its own ways oh, to get good at it. And it's crazy and it's dangerous and it's it's wild how different it is from just – and I think bodybuilding is part of the thing that ruined strength training for women too. Mm. And I think in a, in a way for men because uh, you would sit, look at those guys and be like, well, I don't look like that. I'll never – and it's like – and the joke we used to say back in the day when like uh, – you know, your friend, uh, uh, whether they be a male or or uh, whatever their gender may be, when they say like, "Well, I don't want to get super bulky," you want to be like, "Do you know how much hard work, money, and illegal supplements go into getting that bulky? <laughs> it's not going to happen to you by accident at Planet Fitness." Yeah, like that's that, that would be the aggressive way we I would have previously spoken to my uh, friends. I'll be like, 
trust me, I dare you to try to get too bulky, you 26-year-old female comedy writer. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get like accidentally too bulky. And if you do, you're going to head it off at the pass. Like you're going right. to be like, "Wow, I think I'm getting You're not you don't wake up with like fucking traps behind your ears." No, right. Maybe exactly. if your traps get too big for you aesthetically, you go, "All right, well, I'll lay off the heavy farmers carries for a I couple." I mean, of no weeks. one will explain this to you either though. They're just like, right. "Don't like all we hear is don't lift weights, you'll get bulky." And it's right. like, I don't even know. I don't even really know what bulky means or lifting weights means, but I will <laughs> definitely do neither thing that sounds like that cuz you're saying not to. So it's, it's just like, fucked. If you were like, I don't want to get too bulky, you'd be like, point to any one of these people lifting weights around the gym and say like, isn't it such a bad thing if I were to put down five or 10 pounds of muscle? They would throttle you. They, the, yes. Every one of those people wants to put on five or 10 pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go on your arms. Like if you're... <laughs> Like if like if you're a, a petite person or uh, an ectomorph of some sort and you have thin arms or or a sleek body composition whatever you don't just blow up huge lats like you'll know if you're a mesomorph because it would have happened when you were tried swimming for a little while that you're you got shredded it's like mm-hmm. there you go it's not gonna you're not gonna be surprised by how I mean you're gonna be surprised by how fit you get lifting weights and and uh, uh progressive overload and linear uh all that if you do all that shit you'll be so surprised but yeah. you're not going to like wake up and be like no. now my arms are veiny like it no. doesn't just happen for If people. you try <laughs> this for like 3 months like this sound this sounds like it's not compelling but it's like almost nothing's going to happen like physically speaking like um aesthetically it's like just you'll you'll feel different and you'll see the process work the system works of like eating and lifting and getting stronger and it gives you a different relationship with your body to like yeah. see this working to like know that there's like a positive feedback loop there instead of just like increasingly like I have I, my, all my peers are starting to complain of like back pain now and I'm like this isn't this doesn't have to be just what getting older is like you can you'll see if you try strength training you'll see you can like affect your destiny and the way that your body works and that's that changes a lot I think yeah the the way the way you just explained it there was you're not gonna like you just do it for 12 weeks the way you'll feel and you can't be said enough by the first time your partner or a friend or a a, hopefully a friend with benefits or whatever puts their hand on your thigh or on your back or on your shoulder or you know a friend grabs your bicep when you're like hey don't go don't cross the street yet and then goes (laughs) whoa that there's not a better feeling in the world and that's like base level 10 weeks in you're Mm -hmm. like I'm squatting more than I was before. No one notices, but when I'm sitting down, my thighs are hard, which is <laughs> nice. And it's like, oh, when I'm my shirt sleeve is kind of full. I, yes. I always joke about resting triceps, like as being a sign of a uh, a person is. Uh, th- that's when I feel good about myself, strength training wise. Interesting, interesting. Is if I'm in a t-shirt and standing, because like biceps are easy if you're standing with a 90 degree. But if you're standing with a 90 degree bend and you have that a visible tricep line. Uh, That's like, to me, what feels like when, when I'm in a good space, I'll even like simulate it when I'm brushing my teeth. Cause I'll like lean like this just to see it. <laughs> Cause that That's to great. me is, that's what gives me a feeling good about myself of like, Ooh, I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. I got, Amazing. 
We just get that profile shot where you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's something there. there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, before, we, uh, before we get out of here, I would love to just pick your brain about one last thing. What are yeah. you doing these days to motivate yourself? Like if you're feeling unmotivated, what, what do you go to? And this could be as specific to Casey or as universal as you'd like it. Like, yeah. Uh, I will say it's hard, even though I do, like I was working out just at home for five months with no equipment, just like doing at home stuff. And that was terrible. I, I hated it. Um, Boo so to I think that. There's, Agreed. there's something to be said for like doing something that you like. Um, that said, I think even if you think you don't like strength training, you don't know yet. So you should try it. But, um, even still with this equipment, I'm still like, oh, like it's in a way harder to just like have it be at home and not like in a different location maybe. But my trick I would say is that I tell myself I will do a lot less than I'm supposed to. Um, or I will tell myself that I can do like what, like if I'm supposed to do like three to five movements for today, I'll do one. And if I feel bad or like my body, I, I like get a spasm of some kind or it just feels, doesn't feel right. I'll stop. And that like 99% of the time I don't stop and I finish the workout and I even get into it and I'm like, okay, like I forget that I don't want to, that I didn't want to be there. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you like don't want to take a bath and then you get in the bath and you're like, I don't want, I'm never leaving here. This is incredible. I mean, I'm 38 and I dread taking a shower all day. And then when I get out of the shower, I'm like, oh, I feel so clean and moisturized. I just want to get back like, in the shower. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, I was watching anime. That's why I didn't want to get in the shower. Oh Jesus. I got so easy. Yes. Uh, Casey, you said, I just want to jump on that. For me, as someone who doesn't have the equipment at home previously, that was the rule I always made with myself is because my gym had a sauna and I liked the sauna the best as the, as part of the gym. So if I, was trying to get out of working out i'd go all right just go to the gym and do the sauna and that's it then you can come home your favorite thing there just go do it and come home and i go yeah fuck it that'd be fun and i drive <laughs> there and i'm like am i gonna get, i'm driving all the way over here i'm gonna get really get in the sauna i might as well fucking hit the, the uh, yeah. bike or i might just grab the erg for a little bit or fuck it i'll do three sets of push press or you know and that would be how i always got myself and now i'm like completely fucked i'm like using weed as a carrot where i'm like you can blaze after you do 20 minutes of kettlebell stuff it's like that's where i'm at mentally but mm -hmm. i think i need i think for me going forward i just need to like i need to lower the main thing i'm struggling with and maybe some listeners are so they can appreciate this like for those of us who are familiar with a regimen or their gym or their routine having lost it I have this like block in my head that I won't do 20 kettlebell swings and 20 pushups and 20 air squats, three sets or whatever. And I can't do it because it's not enough. I'm already like, well, that's not as much as I was doing before. So, and then I don't do it. So now I'm doing zero instead of 50%. And it's like, well, that's not <laughs> sustainable. You know? Right. Like 12 weeks in of doing zero. And I'm like, oh, wait, what the fuck? I got to. And that's where my brain blockage comes from. And so for me, my motivation now, like you said, of like, I have to lower it to like, go out by in the driveway and do 10 sets of 10 swings and then come in and you're done. Smoke weed, play video games, exercise is over. <laughs> So that's where that's where I'm at going into 2021. So it's nice to hear along the same lines. Yes. But you set up a racket at your place. 
I did. So I I have a rack outside with plates and a barbell that I cover with a tarp when I'm not using it. I actually just got a little tent for it to uh, so I can so you, be out so there in all the seasons? rain. Fuck. Theoretically, yes. Yeah. It um I did work out. It was raining yesterday and it was cold and I still I think like just sort of playing with the tent trying to make it's it's not as it's like ten by ten, which doesn't sound like sounds big. It's not as much area as you think. Um so I still got kind of wet, like moving stuff around and trying to optimize. Yeah, I well, think I'll get there, but it's nice. Yeah, bar is like seven feet across, right? Right. Like the, right. So like if you imagine you have to go out to the edge of the bar to put a plate on your 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 working area there is getting to be just over ten feet. And right. Yeah. If you're you have a ten foot a little, tent in the rain, yeah. you're gonna get a little rain <laughs> down your back for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that but must yeah. be so. That's the dream. I like. I want to buy a house, or I don't have outdoor space for anything. I have outdoor space for carry my kettlebell out onto the porch and rip it around, <laughs> but not like enough for a Peloton or any or anything like that. So I'm yeah. dying for a house. I want a squat rack in my house. I mean, we just we just live far out enough in Brooklyn where there's like we can afford to have a backyard. Um, And that turned out we were we were this close to moving to like a tiny Williamsburg apartment just because it would have been closer to my work and my commute was killing me. And then the pandemic happened. And now it's like now now I'm golden. I have my my gym outside and like we're home all the time. It's and it's it's nice. Yeah, Um, I'm like. I'm on the opposite. I'm literally on the opposite. I live in like the heart of West Hollywood, which is amazing when the world is up and running. And I live in a small apartment with no amenities. And it's like (laughs) now in this quarantine, I'm like, I should have moved to Van Nuys and lived in a fucking palace that sucks. No one wants to come visit you, but no one wants to anyway. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're cool ass. Like a a good friend of mine. uh, He's, he's doing okay, but he bought, a like uh west village apartment at like the end of 2019 that Mm. was in like eighth floor in an elevator building and he was it was super small but he's like i own it it's walkable to all this great shit and then the world shut down after his first like couple of mortgage payments and he's like and now i have this fucking apartment that scares me this building i have to like ride the elevator with old people he's like i'm terrified oh my god and i had a and it's like and my commute was great. I could walk my commute. I wasn't going to need a metro card, and now I don't need a metro card at all. It's like uh, oh, the world man. always has other plans than we do, huh? He got screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, I got lucky. I I really did. I feel fortunate to have this. And like working outside, I for a while I was going to my gym, and they were holding outdoor workouts like on the sidewalk, and I was like, this is great. I'm always going to remember this. Like working out outside, what a time! Like this never happens, and now it's like now I'm doing it every day. And on it's the, the, only the nice days. Now. On the nice days, at least, it's it's really you know, like looking up at the sky and like branches while you're benching. It's it's really it's nice. Oh, muscle be uh, having my shirt off is like the biggest appeal. To, like I love just work, <laughs> not squatting, but deadlifting, military pressing, but shirtless. It's just like a dream come true. I'm gonna and, have to try that <laughs> in my own backyard. <laughs> I like. Do you see? I, I'm sure we have uh, you know some Instagram discover. Uh, overlap do you ever see those uh dudes and chicks working out at like tulum at like the wood gym mm, where like no. the dumbbells are uh, I'll, I'll send you some links yeah there's like a gym where they all the weights they built were like 
rattan and bamboo, so it kind of looks like a jungle paradise. Wow. But the 50 pound dumbbells are like huge wooden blocks. <laughs> And oh my it, God, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it is very cool, but it's very primal. I'll DM it to you. It's like uh, feel oh, like I Tarzan and Jane. Awesome. Um, where uh, where can uh, let's do a little plugs? Where can people find the Swole Woman newsletter? Which is a lot of what we were. A lot of the stuff I know about your taste and expertise comes from that. So yeah. tell people where they can so- find it. The column I write is called Ask a Swole Woman. It's advice.com. If you were to Google Ask a Swole Woman, it would come up. Um, my Instagram is at Swole Woman. Swole with S-W-O-L-E, not S-W-O-L-L, a raging debate in this community. Yep. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this that's community. kind of it. I'm, on, I'm Casey Johnston on Twitter. Hell yeah, and, and I'll take I'll take I'll put all this in the post about this. But uh, thank you. So, I highly recommend, even if you're not a woman who's one w- wondering or worried about getting swole, uh, Casey's writing is both informative, no matter how, what level of knowledge you already have. But if not, because it is for the average reader. If not, it's very motivational for me to uh, wow, read. Wow, like, thank you. Yeah, so I appreciate what you're doing out there and. Uh, based on my search terms on all the sites, women, it's okay. If you want to get swole, yes. please, <laughs> please totally. there are, uh, if that's, do not worry about what society's, Hey, in the end, it's up to you. If you don't want to don't, but don't worry about society. If you're feeling like it would be nice if the, my buys popped in my sports bra, <laughs> fucking get after it. I I'm here for that. I'm here for whatever you want to feel like. I'm going to go work on my resting triceps right after this case. Yes. I've been inspired. I truly was just like, I have to run and do groceries. And in my head, I was like, you have to do five sets of single arm uh, dumbbell press. Cause you just said that. And I was like, you have to do five sets each arm. Then you can go get groceries and then maybe you'll work out later, but you have to do at least this before you can leave to go buy cold brew and fucking there you shit go. like that. That's good. How- I like that. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on high and mighty. Uh, this, uh, who would have thought when we played ga- the Game of Thrones game or whatever the fuck we were on way Something back then? Something like that, yeah. Ten now, years later, now, we'd be we talking fitness. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> to even less uh, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm at Gabrus on all social media. Check out my other podcast, Action Boys. We talk about action movies for longer than their runtime. It's a paid podcast, but there are some free episodes out there that you can find with searching. Uh, and check out Casey's column. Check out Casey on all social media. You'll see her tagged in this. And happy Motivation Month, shitheads. Bye. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world. Where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. (laughs) It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. Immensely irregular. (laughs) Now. 
somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I pity the room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.